You're listening to Running Cause It's Hard, a podcast chronicling the runs, the fears, and the fun of training for a bucket list marathon. Oh, gosh. The LA Marathon. That was hard. My name's Erica Aguilar. Last time on the podcast, I chose a training plan. I got over my fear of being a sucky runner, hung up the grumbling, the humming, the highing, the self-doubt, and joined a running group. And it was great. You know you're a marathoner if you say, what happens if I pass out on a run? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know you got that start crying. I started crying about mile 22. You Best decision I've made this training season. <laughs> I'm one of the slowest runners in the Long Beach Running Club, but these guys are so fun and nice, and they have the perfect attitude you need when waking up at 6 a.m. on a Sunday to run for two to three hours. Morning. Good morning. Hey, morning. Good morning. Hey guys. Hey, Erica. How are you? Good. Okay. Good. Okay, <laughs> I'm sleepy, to be honest. <laughs> They're motivating and helpful. We have aid stations with orange slices and Gatorade, and of course, Post the long run celebrations. Um, anybody who wants to go with us to breakfast, I think we deserve it. I accepted that I may not be a strong runner or as fast as I used to be, but I am a runner nonetheless. I've also realized how bad of a job I've been doing taking care of my health. <coughs> Hold on. Hold on. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. That's me coaching myself out of an asthma attack while on a run. Stop. You got it. You got it. Okay, another one. Another one. Come on. I'm a severe asthmatic. I should be running with an inhaler and all kinds of maintenance medication, but I don't because I hate it. And if there's one person who knows this best... It's my mom. Erica, that is your life. I know, I know, I know. You shouldn't so. mess around with asthma. Okay. Um, say your first and last name. My name is Aurora Rosado. <laughs> what do you mean say? I don't know. Tell me about yourself. America's mother. <laughs> I grew up a sick kid, always coughing and sneezing. This was during elementary school time, like second or third grade. Every month you would be in the hospital. You'd be there for two to three nights. When you were little, you didn't tell me you were hurting. You never told me that your chest was hurting. And I would tell you, if you can't breathe, and let me know when you feel like that. But you never did. I had to watch you. I had to see you the way you were, the way you talk. You had to gasp for air when you talked. And then this part right here that your throat where you would sink in. I could see the breathing you know, you would sink in. As a kid, I would do this very odd and very desperate looking thing. I would lie down on the hardwood floor at home with my head pushed up against the bottom of a door, sucking the air blowing in from the other side. We didn't have central air conditioning at home, so it got dang hot inside our house. So it was cooler lying on the floor. Sometimes I'd fall asleep like this. But I mostly did it because with asthma, it feels like there's a very little air filling up your lungs. They're so squeezed tight that it just, I don't know, just feeling the draft of air on my wheezing mouth from the bottom of a door seemed to trick my brain into thinking I was breathing more easily. One time you got really bad when you were like 9 or 10 and you were in ICU. 
the doctors told us that you were really, really, really bad and you were really sick and it was severe that, you know, I'm just going to let you know because it might go for the worse and this and that. And I remember I was crying and I was telling your dad, damn, why, why, why us, you know? I remember waking up in the hospital room, seeing my dad kneeling at my bed praying. He was bargaining with God, offering his life for mine. That's still one of the most harrowing moments in my life. It was a scare when we almost lost you. Literally, we almost lost you. After a few weeks in the hospital and my mom's diligent documentarian work, I got better. I would start keeping a, like a journal. I write down the dates that we went to the hospital, and then I write down the symptoms you were getting before we went to the hospitals, and then I, all the medications that they gave you at the hospital and when they sent me home with you with the medications. Wow. And I wrote down everything because you were getting sick once a month, and you were going to the hospital, and we ended up spending night there. And that way I could tell the doctors, you know, what was going on with you? We didn't know why would it trigger and all that. And then finally we figured it out and you just had to be on medication. And limit the amount of exercise, specifically running, that I did. No more PE, no more softball, no more playing tags with friends outside. While the kids ran laps, I wrote reports in the library about football regulations or something. It went like this for a while. No sports or exercise that required hard running until I got to high school. You did, you did sign up for soccer. I think you in did. Hi, in high, high school. school. And I remember my first mile. And I remember I couldn't finish the first mile because it was just so hard. But then after that, I just kept running. I think you enjoy running because I held you back when you were little. Hearing my mom say that breaks my heart. It's not her fault I couldn't run while my little defected lungs were still developing. She did the right thing in protecting me from the outdoor allergens and exercises that made me sick. But she is right that now, as an adult, I choose to run even though it's hard and sometimes it hurts. Because I couldn't when I was a kid. I run to prove to myself that I can overcome something that might kill me. When I thought about like running this marathon, because I wanted to, it's 26 miles. Um, it's crazy, right? That's a long, oh my God. I'll probably be running for when like- When is it? When does that start? Um, my race is on March 19th. Go see a specialist before you do that. And tell your specialist you're gonna do that. I know. That way he can put you on a good inhaler and a good medication that you can control yourself, you know, your asthma. Because if not, you're going to be dying. But some things never change. Just like I used to refuse to take my medications and breathing treatments as a kid, I started training for this marathon without seeing a doctor. No inhalers, no allergy meds, just little old me and my defected lungs. <coughs> Never fails. I got sick twice during marathon training, once during Christmas, and again during week 14, nearly three quarters into the training season. Asthma hit me hard, and I was out for almost like two weeks. It was the worst time. My long runs were peaking. I was just completing 20 miles, my longest run ever, and it was great. I got aid station help in Hollywood from a friend. We're at Amira's apartment. She's 
like supplying me with Gatorade salt and I literally licked it off my hand. <laughs> she freaked out. Water, a bathroom, time to stretch, and now headed out for another, God, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, seven miles. Seven miles, I can do that, actually. <sighs> okay. Ah, good luck, good luck. Stay safe. And another good friend, Kyle Stokes, who rescued me as I made my final climb up a monster hill in Elysian Park. He handed me the ultimate gift after a run. Look at that. She got Compliment a breakfast burrito. Kyle. Yeah. Mm, awesome. For 19 miles. Aw, thank you. <laughs> Kyle, by the way, is a total speedster. He, too, is running the L.A. Marathon, and the sky's fast. Fast enough to qualify for Corral B. Basically, he'll be starting the marathon two race groups behind the elite men. Well, Kyle picked me up after I finished running 19 miles through L.A. trying to mimic the race route. And we had a pretty good time hanging out. I was like, uh-oh, I'm gonna, I'm seeing Erica in her, like, 19-mile zone. Which for me is when I start seeing the, like, the clouding, like, you know, you get the tunnel vision, like, the miniature tunnel vision. I've like, not done that yet. I'm not, not there. This okay. is the longest I've run. Oh, yeah, ever? Mm-hmm. Um, ever at this point? Yeah. Awesome. I did 18 two weekends ago. Yeah. Um, and this one's 20 altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Oh, no, I run because it makes me happy. I know it does. Like, after I run, me I'm too. like, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I mean that, like, after I run, I have this incredible endorphin high, like I'm having now, and yeah. I'm just so excited half the time. I'm like, yeah. You're getting some on me, in fact, those endorphins. Woo! Like, like, flying around here. It's, uh, like, it's like ambient. Contagious. <laughs> you need some, like. I'm getting a it? contact high as well. It was a great run, but those dang Santa Ana winds that weekend. I love you, Southern California, but dear me, just one long run in that hot, dusty, allergy-ridden wind with, of course, no preventative asthma medication, no allergy meds, and my running, all of that training just came to a halt after that. It forced me to face another dread of mine. I had to set aside my stubbornness and went to see Dr. Gurgis Aquino. Hi. I confessed to her that I'd given up seeing my old asthma and allergy specialist, that I returned to my childish ways of refusing to take any maintenance medication even while training for this marathon, and that I had paid for it dearly. Because by that time that I got to her office, I was at the mercy of prednisone. It's an intense daily dosage of anti-inflammatory steroid taken temporarily to reduce the tightness in my chest from repeated asthma attacks. Two, um, once a day for three days at least, and then then we'd come off of it, and then I'd come off of it and see if like I got any better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that, and that's how I got through the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're pretty <laughs> sick then. I know. It was not good. Okay. I know. I know. Dr. Gurgis Aquino is nice, very nice. She's sympathetic, but she too wagged her finger at me. Hard to have to like take so much stuff. I mean, I, I get that too. But for people who, who do suffer with asthma, and then you're you're training for a marathon on top of it, like you know, you have to. It has to be under good control in order for you to complete that goal. I think, and to do it in a safe way. So yeah. Um, I so I think that you do need to be back on it all. 
So there I was, back at the pharmacy, reunited with my old friends, Adver, Albuterol, Astolin, Flonase, ugh. The pharmacy tech asked if I needed a refresher on how to take all these asthma and allergy meds, and I was like, no. I'm what you call a repeat offender. I get sick, get on meds, get better, so I think I can get off them, but then... Back here again, and then they're like, well, you know, you're supposed to be on all these medications. And I'm like, I know. And they're like, why aren't you? And I was like... Because deep down, I'm a kid. <laughs> right? Nothing can hurt me. It crushed me a little, having to be back on all those medications. It just kind of makes me feel like I'm a defected human being. I know I'm not, but wouldn't it be great if I could run without all those chemicals and just be normal? Then I think about those who are sicker than I am or athletes who have their legs taken away from them and running is impossible. I think about them, and then I push myself to run harder because I know that they would do the same for me. Music featured in this episode can be found at freemusicarchive.org. A huge shout out to my mom, Aurora Rosado, for giving me life, taking care of me while I was growing up, protecting my little lungs so they're strong enough now to be able to run this marathon. Thank you, Mom. I will always love you for that. Thanks to my friends Amira Bud and Kyle Stokes for being such awesome cheerleaders during my 20-mile-long run from Elysian Park to Hollywood and back. You guys rock. And of course, high fives all the way around to the Long Beach Running Club. And thank you, Dr. Gurgis Aquino with Kaiser Permanente for fixing me up with those meds and being down for letting me interview you. You can follow the Running Cause It's Hard podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. And I know, I know, I'm way behind on new episodes and the LA Marathon is already here. So I'll jump ahead a little bit and just say that I'm finally excited about the race. It took me a while to feel that, but I am now. I'm remembering why I'm doing this, which is to prove to myself that I am capable of choosing a high bar goal, focusing on it and pushing myself and realizing success. It's a great place to be. And I think I'm ready for the LA Marathon. My training long runs reached up to 22 miles. I feel mentally prepared to take on at least 18, 18 miles it is. I'm a little worried at how busy and tired I've been lately, which is why I'm gonna leave you with this. I'm like crying and laughing. You know how I'm always saying running makes me super happy and gives me that endorphin high? Well, I guess when you train really hard and you've not slept, it can turn you into a bit of a weirdo. I think I'm laughing at myself because I'm crying. And I'm crying because I'm so tired. Gosh, I hope that doesn't happen to me on LA Marathon Day. Wish me luck, guys. If you see me out on the race route, shout my name, give me a hug, a high five, or an orange slice. I'll love you for it. I'm Erica Aguilar, and thanks for listening to Running Because It's Hard. Hard.